Hey everybody, welcome back, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 229. We have now done as many episodes as the cost in dollars of a Kindle Fire HDX 7-inch with HDX display, Wi-Fi, 16 gigabits of memory, and available at read-weep.com slash Amazon. I thought you said HDX display. Like I thought you said gigabits, which is <laughs> Wait, different. In your world, Ezra... Yeah. What does a Kindle Fire with HDX have? What is that? <laughs> what advantage is being Can't done? say it on air. Why can't I get just the normal dicks? Why do I have to get the HDX? I mean, just the vividness of the HDX are way better. You get more dicks per inch. Yeah. Is it, but is it vertical lines or is it a faster refresh rate of dicks? Exactly. Yeah, you get both. It's retina dicks. I was just trying to go for the thing where every time he mentions a product of any kind... He gives you the full magazine specs of everything. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. As if he was being paid by the word. I wish. Di- <laughs> by a dive mask company or something. Yeah, you know, I, I have a really clear image of this car, but what type of wheels does it have? <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it made me feel like I was reading, like, maybe this novel was originally serialized in a scuba enthusiast's <laughs> trade publication or something. Yeah. Ripped from the pages yeah, I of think scuba enthusiast. <laughs> I think I wrote down, this book is basically a scuba diagram with a loose plot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, speaking of things that go uh, way too far into detail about the brands and specs of everything they mentioned, this week we're talking about Atlantis Found by Clive Cussler. Mm. It's Mm. the 15th book, apparently, in the Dirk Pitt series. That's right. You said 15th? Jeez. I have so many books to go back and read now. Um, (laughs) We got to catch up on all of those things that porny named Dirk Pitt is up to. All the crazy adventures he's getting into. Uh, anyway, you can read this. Uh, f- you can go ahead and read it right now for free if you want by going to audiblepodcast.com slash read it and weep. If you go to that address right now, sign up for a trial membership. You can get an audiobook of your choice for absolutely free and you support our show. The show today was sponsored by Mary, who says this. I picked this book up off a community bookshelf in Eng- of English language novels in Vienna eight years ago and it remains the worst book I've ever read. But mm. so many years later, I'm beginning to wonder if it was as bad as I remember. Uh, it's got like great ratings on Audible and Amazon. It's got high star ratings and everything. Uh, and she said, since I can't be bothered to find it, find it and read it again, I'm enlisting you all for the task. So This is a good use of outsourcing, by the way. I think it is. I think this is a great use of the system and a way of like actually solving some... Y- using our spare... Real-life important problems. Yeah, yeah. Really. Oh, yeah. She should never read this again. <laughs> well, you guys, we're heroes. We might have a yeah. different opinion about that. Just Sarah. like Dirk Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to force us to read anything for you, if you want us to do your homework for you, go to read-weep.com, click on the green dollar sign in the upper left-hand corner, and then sign up for the mailing list, and you can be alerted when we have some more sponsorships available. Do that now. I'll wait. But I'll cut out the wedding because it's a podcast. <laughs> Let me introduce you to your panel for today. It's going to be super fun. First up, uh, well, uh, first up, me, I guess. I'm Alex Falcone on Twitter. Alex underscore Falcone on Twitter. Uh, here are some of my friends. First up in San Francisco, California, it's Mr. Ezra Fox. Hello, Alex. I'm assuming that all the women here have tissues in their handbags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably. women carry tissues, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like that uh, the classic comedy line: "Women be carrying tissues." <laughs> there, there's like there's so many like great moments of like just casual like the very very casual sexism that I just, oh yes I, I I 
I wish I could write one down. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely. I was keeping like, a list. I start, I immediately oh, started keeping a list. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, and casual sexism really is the word for it. Yeah, but I had that's. I think that's going to be the main. That's going to be the meat of our, okay. of our hate but segment. But yeah, this guy so. is like the yeah. chillest misogynist ever. He's <laughs> laid back. Yeah. Uh, also joining us today, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Brooklyn, New York. It's Chris Smith. Hello, Alex. I'm a character who only serves as exposition in this book. Oh, wait. That's Nazi? every character in this book besides Dirk Pitt and his sidekick. I'm just going to like monologue for there a side pit. a lot. I I loved the Nazi where they would like where the Nazis would get together and they'd be like let's just go over the plan again in case yeah. you missed it. Yeah, they hey, continually explained the same things to each other. There was some part I don't remember which part it was, but someone retold a story to someone else that we had already witnessed as yes. readers. Yeah, did you hear this happened? And here's how it's going to impact our master plan. Our master plan. Let's go over that again. Yeah, yeah. luckily I brought these charts. The it, VP like... of evil at this company was like, you know, I never understood how the master plan works, and then he just explained it to her again. You see, I thought it was like the the bye bye birdie phone tree in the beginning. Game, we're just like, hi Nazi, how's it going? Uh, just, always Did he really in. get shot? I yeah, was hoping yeah. he would. <laughs> Did you hear about Carwolf and Dirk? <laughs> also joining us today, she's at Sarah Hathaway on Twitter in Chicago, Illinois. Please welcome back by request of the sponsor, Sarah Hathaway. I have a body that would make a Vegas showgirl jealous. <sighs> <sighs> Yep. So can we, can we like go into some like what do you think Vegas showgirls really want? Like um, to be sexually harassed by Dirk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a description of his secretary, his yeah. like oh, fake money penny, who oh, oh, showed yeah. up for two lines so he could get in her face and <laughs> wait, breathe wait, wait. on her. His counterfeit money penny. <laughs> yeah, his yeah. counterfeit money penny. His it's dirty really money penny. not worth the energy. To counterfeit money, Penny. Not, no. The return is so low. But the whole point yeah. of her was she's the sexy ser- secretary who's so hot, but because he's her boss, he makes an effort not to hook up with her. Yeah. Even though she, she would kind of yeah. like, like it. here's those files you asked for. Please have sex with me. And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> also the sex. Wait a second. I didn't ask for the sex yet. <laughs> nice yeah. try, fake money, Penny. <laughs> Uh, uh, by the way, our sponsor, Mary, requested you, Sarah. She said, because you've read the most female genre fiction, like young yeah. women f- genre fiction, that it seemed only fair that you read this, like... Yeah, this is man genre. Man. Yeah, this man genre. Oh. Well, this is definitely a dad book versus the dad's preteen daughter book. Yes. So I do appreciate, like, having that that range. And in certain ways, I found this much better than some of the other books i've read for you guys in certain ways well we have to we have so many of those things to talk about and at some point i'm gonna have to come clean and tell you that i loved it but we're not gonna get there yet <laughs> not gonna come clean really? about that yet this Absol- of all the things that we've read this is what you pull out your one i loved it i, I can kind of absolutely loved this book but oh, god oh my god first we have to find out what happened chris i want you to summarize <laughs> yeah. in the style oh, if you could of a sexy yes. congresswoman Ooh. All right, let me put aside my files. You know, I have sold my soul more times than a hooker has sold her body to pass legislation because I believe in America and in getting things done and in making Dirk Pitt pay for my wine. I, here's the here's the question. Is it a successful hooker or not? Yeah, right? that's exactly like, the problem with that. Like, uh, as, as many times as a hooker has sold her body, presuming, you know, what kind of hooker? Of what selling... kind of hooker market are we in? Right. Is she yeah. working full or part time? Yeah. 
Is yeah, or maybe hooker? it's as a hooker who's been in the business for a long time and is my age currently. <laughs> and is very good at selling her body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what, what, a super unpopular hooker who's like, just can't give it away? Like, is that? <laughs> you gotta be really specific uh, about that. Or is this like the Pele yeah. of hooking? The, oh, the Pele. Yeah, super. Uh, bend it like hook him? I don't know. Hook it like Beckham? Hook it like Beckham, that's the one. Anyway. Here's the plot, you guys, of Atlantis Found by Clive Cussler. Mm-hmm. Um, so we open on Dr. Pat O'Connell is a scientist, and she's exploring a strange chamber found by a miner deep in the earth, which appears to be a ma- uh, have been made by an ancient civilization. And this is in Colorado. I'm going to stop and you right there, Chris. I wish we had opened there. I no, wish we no, had opened I'm there. I'm glad we didn't. You're skipping over the whaling. <laughs> it took two hours to get to that point. <laughs> it did. Guys, yeah, the whaling a bunch was of other unimportant. People. It was entirely unimportant. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so, but like... Okay, sorry. A lot we of truly opened in the 1700s, which is alternately called the 17th no, century. Chris, and the once 1700s. again, I wish we had opened there. <laughs> Wait, okay, okay, okay. We, we back up to 10,000 years ago <laughs> when a comet, a lonely comet, it might have a brother... But it's lonely now. It's hurtling <laughs> through space, hurtling through the solar system. And it glances off the exterior atmosphere of the gas giant Jupiter and bounces off like a pinball bouncing off the rail right at a bright blue water-covered planet called Earth. Oh, and, and the oh, comet okay. hurtles towards this planet and smacks into Earth right in, in Hudson Bay in Canada. Uh, couldn't have happened to a nicer country. <laughs> and this cataclysm, this impact, causes massive flooding around the world because it's you know it's not the ice from the comet; it's it's the impact in the shockwave. And so there are these civilizations, including the uh, what is it, the Aminis, yeah, uh, that have uh, already ten thousand years ago circumnavigated <laughs> the globe. They have the best maps ever. They have the best calendar ever. And the they're the Da Vinci, the Michelangelos of the world. They were already and using the iPhone seven. <laughs> that's right. They were that's really seven oh, S, really, but they were on top of their shit. Yeah, yeah. They they had a they had a, a meanie named Believe Blobs who uh, <laughs> invented the Blyphone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the Aminis have this B lisp you're giving them. Anyway, so their civilization gets totally flooded, and that was the origin of the legend of Atlantis. Um, then and, we get and, to the whaling ship. Okay, so now it's the 1700s, and there's a whaling ship up in uh, uh, near the North Pole? No, the South, South Pole. Pole. They're getting through some ice, and it's actually not a great trip um what happened was it's or sorry it's the 1800s it's the um and there's this whaling ship and they kind of get stuck in the ice but luckily they've been fishing in the ice they have, have a bunch of supplies they're slowly working their way out and as they're, they're eating slowly the shit out of some penguins oh yeah penguins fish uh leopard seals why not um <laughs> anyway uh they uh they come across a shipwreck from an earlier expedition and in going to explore it, uh, a few of the, the crew, as well as a plucky lady adventurer, um, go and they find, um, uh, among, you know, the, the entire crew of this ship frozen. You know, they were starving and sad and they froze to death. Uh, but in the hold of this ship were a few valuables, but also a black obsidian skull. Is, you where know, did it is, come from? You guys are really not getting into this. <laughs> okay, where did it come from? What does it mean? Okay, um, now we can get to present time. Two now hours okay. open on. Okay. 19, we open on <laughs> the mountains of Colorado, uh, where Dr. Pat O'Connell 
at uh, the request of this miner, uh, Marquez, um, is, uh, you know, Marquez found this, this chamber with, gasp, another black obsidian skull. I know. <laughs> what does it mean? Right? And there's writing, there's ancient, weird writing all over the walls, and it's, ah. So he calls <laughs> Dr. Pat O'Connell, the chief expert in, ah. <laughs> and just as she's starting to, to write stuff down, she's they hear explosions. She's the blueprints for the Bly phone. Yeah, for the Bly phone. <laughs> so uh, they hear explosions, and, and, and Marquez goes, you know, I know from avalanches. I think it's. I think that was just an avalanche, and then they hear more explosions. And he goes, "That was no avalanche. That was dynamite. Someone is sealing us off inside this mine." But the chamber starts to fill up with water, right? Because um, you know there are all these underground passageways. The water's been rising all day, uh, so the water's rising up through this chamber. It's up to their ankles. It's up to their knees. They're going to die. And then our hero comes on the scene, Dirk Pitts. <laughs> From the National Underwater Marine Association. But they think he's a g-g-g-ghost. <laughs> he's a g-g-g-ghost. That's right at first. Um, so he first, of course, in gallant fashion, saves the lady Dr. Pat O'Connell. And then in second most gallant, fa- gallant fashion, saves uh, uh, Marquez. The bad guys are neo-Nazis. Uh, they're Nazis. They're the descendants of Nazis that went to Argentina, took the Nazi gold, and now they're genetically perfected. And they uh, also, want to... also, since that's not enough for them just to be like neo-Nazis, they are probably the genetic spawn of Hitler. That's yeah. right. Somebody smuggled out of Somehow super hot still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, super hot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hitler, Sexy. but hotter. But also bear a strong family resemblance to Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, so, somebody, somebody was just like had the forethought to just grab a little bit of Hitler spoo- splooge as they ran away. Well, I think everyone right. had like I think it was like a standard issue where just everyone had like a like a capsule. Yeah. You have like you a know. cyanide pill and a splooch pill. Don't bite the right, wrong one if you're trying to commit suicide. <laughs> Don't mix them up. <laughs> that is just going to ruin your night in prison. That's all that's going to Take the blue do. pill. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Okay, so there are these bad guys. Um, and basically, Dirk and Dr. Pat O'Connell and Dirk's friend, the Italian Al Giordino, explore the globe and they find more artifacts of this ancient people called the Amini. And they're, uh, you know, also being chased or chasing alternately these uh, these Nazis who call themselves the Fourth Empire, uh, the, the Fourth Reich. Um, and the Fourth Empire uh, are led by the Wolf family in Argentina. And uh, this Wolf family may have been sired by Hitler himself, like they said, um, and they've been per- perfected through science and, a and eugenics. Baster, like, Hitler was not doing it himself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So these guys are really bad. You know, not only are they Nazis, but they plan to flood the world, just like that comet did 10,000 years ago. Uh, But they plan, instead of using a comet, to use nanotechnology to detach the Ross ice shelf from Antarctica, causing the Earth to wobble a bit and floodwaters to rise. And they're going to survive it with four super ships, which are basically technologically sophisticated arcs um, that look like skyscrapers on their side or or something like that. So Dirk and Al... Go to stop the wolves in Antarctica and uh, in a big battle that involves uh, skydiving, uh, machine guns, snow cats, uh, a steampunk 1930s giant snow truck thing. That was kind of uh, cool. I'll give you that, Alice. Uh, So in a huge battle, the good guys fight the bad guys and there's bullets flying and explosions and they stop the bad guys like you thought. And Dirk and Al escape with barely a scratch and Al winds up hooking up with the doctor and Dirk's girlfriend proposes to him at the end. Well, so the congressman, this is what you missed, Sarah, by turning off the last 10 minutes, is the the congresswoman, uh, 
decides to quit Congress. Yeah. Because she decides she needs to have a baby right now. Yeah, with Dirk. At, at, so just like the doctor has sort of like, she's decided that she has to get married today. Like, all of the female characters just get hit in the face with biological clocks in the last 10 pages real hard. Um, anyway, the book's full of adventure and action and uh, shooting and uh, good guys beat bad guys. Yeah. And, and there you go. And That's the bad guys, they're super Nazis. So it's okay. Anytime one of them dies, you guys. <laughs> Let's uh well let's do this. Let's do our compliments, you guys. Let's uh start and end every show with a compliment sandwich. Um this is sort of the way like we said that the beginning of the book has a lot of starts. It feels like this podcast is taking a while to start because I'm of all sorry. Of that. No, Chris, it's totally not your fault. It is too long. I give you that. Uh but let's uh let's jump into our compliments now. Sarah, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. Which do you prefer? I would love to go first because there is something that I unabashedly loved in this book, mm-hmm. and that was that there were two mentions of basset hounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one one was that there was like their computer tech guy adopted a basset hound puppy for his daughters. There was like a couple pages just devoted to talking about how his daughters wanted a dog mm-hmm. so he saved a basset hound puppy that was going to get euthanized and then it was just sleeping adorably on his lap for a chapter of exposition yeah and then the other time is like someone said you know instead of saying like fat chance they said you'd have a better chance of convincing a basset hound to eat broccoli <laughs> That was one of my favorite analogies the other one being uh, they were trapped like a closet full of ducks I wrote that down too. (laughs) There were so many good analogies and also similes that were not similes. I think I had another one written down that was like, the air felt heavy with a heavy sense of dread. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to feel like, yeah, a closet full of ducks. I guess they would be easy to hunt if you were hunting ducks. But like fish in the barrel has kind of got the the monopoly on that metaphor, right? Yeah, yeah. Fish could reasonably be in a barrel. Ducks are not generally found in closets. Yeah, well, huh. I'm Sarah, I don't know about you, but uh, my family's had a duck hutch for going on two generations. I mean, I, I guess the thing is, if you can get the first ducks in there and give them like a food source and stuff, you'll get more ducks in the closet. It'll just fill up. But I think the tough thing is like filling up, you know, with enough ducks to make the population sustainable in the first place. <laughs> it's always it's always the first couple ducks that are the hardest. Yeah, the, the first couple ducks are the hardest. All right, Chris, what's your uh, major compliment? Oh, yeah. Uh, I really like the Sky Car. Uh, basically, for mm. the purposes of this book, they invented a autopiloted car-sized jet plane, jet rocket plane, mm-hmm. that our heroes can ride around in it and go to any part of the world almost instantly. And uh, they don't even need to fly it. They, not, they don't need to be good pilots. They just plug in the thing, and it does all the, the fancy flying, uh, including dodging uh, enemy uh, planes and doing, like you know stealth stuff it's great it's it's like a minority report car only it can fly how did you feel chris as a person who likes technology like whenever they yeah. made something up was that fun and exciting or was it irritating that they were so <laughs> wrong about things i thought it was a delightful cheat it, uh, it sounded like the way that um you know like a 13 year old uh group of people would play dungeons and dragons i, I would stick a mace on my flying car just for good measure yeah, no, I'd use a cudgel because I'd be a cleric and can't use bladed weapons. <laughs> oh, I, for, I played a lot of D&D, Ezra, so I was picturing that you just had cans of mace on the front oh, of your plane. Oh, that's good, too. And you were just spraying pepper in people's faces as you went by them. Also, wait, just on the clerical thing, like, God's like, hey, God says don't stab people, but beat them to death, no problem. 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> our God is an old God. A vengeful God. <laughs> All right, Ezra, what's your major compliment? Um, so I don't know if you guys realize, but one of these Dirk Pitt books was totally made into a movie. I was absolutely hoping yeah. you'd say that. Which do you one? have any guesses who Dirk Pitt was cast as? It I was do. 2005. I wanted I to be Brad Pitt. I know who it was, and it was great. <laughs> yeah. Who, I don't know. Tell me. I all right, all right, all right. It was Matthew McConaughey. Oh, that's it was fun. This movie Sahara. I so was it? Is this well regarded? No. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fun. Oh, really? I didn't see it. I am definitely considering going back and reading one of these. Another one or all fourteen. Wow. My dad did really love these books. We had all of them in our bookshelf at one point or another. I feel like Whoa. they are really popular. This is actually a good point. My dad probably does own them, so I don't have to buy them. I'll just go borrow them. <laughs> um, he got up to twenty-two books now. Oh wow! Yeah, in yeah. the Dirk Pitt series. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of it's a lot of a lot of Dirk. As much Dirk as you want, really. But he seemed so tired at the end of fifteen, and he had to have all those babies. How Dude. is he gonna? Babies give you power. What? There's still a lot of women out there he has to creep on. <laughs> he just, yeah. All right, let me get my major compliment in here now. I uh, complain a lot on the show about books pretending they're not in books or movies pretending they're not movies when they say, like, yeah, that only happens in the movies. But mm-hmm. this had my the best, by far and away, the best book pretending it's not a book ever where uh, the mm-hmm. guy saw, looked at the file of Dirk Pitt and was like, his resume reads like an adve- a series of adventure novels. Yeah. Also, because Clive it literally Lesser. is. Yeah. And Clive Lesser like, wrote himself into the book as the cantankerous old As the inventor. deus ex machina. That's right. With the machina. <laughs> he, he wrote himself in to give them the giant made-up snow thing that could defeat the Nazis. Wait, that's him? Wait, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah, How, what, he I don't says, get it. Like, oh, my Dad, name's Cl- the guy Dad, mm-hmm. is Clive Cussler. Yeah, he actually like, does say his name's Clive Cussler. Oh, really? Like, that's a funny name. More than once. <laughs> oh, man. I remember him saying his name was too co- complicated, and it's, uh, yeah. No, it's like, I have kind of a funny name, so people come And then there's all those points where they're like, yeah, and then they say, like, I think you already know what happened to us. <laughs> what? I didn't, oh, man, that yeah. is awful. I hate that so much. <laughs> Yay! You guys might win me over on this podcast. This might be the first one where someone really has their opinion changed by the podcast. Because I already feel like I'm starting to feel embarrassed. And it's getting harder to defend as we're talking about it. I mean, look, Alex, I don't want you to be all on your own. Like, this is a fine road trip movie, like road trip book. If, which, like, was, which is what I needed it for. I listened to it on a road trip. Oh, well, there you are. Oh, man. He already knows what happened. Oh, that's gross. Ah, writing himself in like that. That's disgusting. You're not, uh, and that was your compliment. Yay. No, I liked when he said adventure novels because it was just so over the top. But the fact that he kept doing it now it yeah. feels like maybe he wasn't being cute. Maybe he thinks he's cute. I mean, yeah, I, no, I do like the idea though cute. that that Dirk Pitt was keeping his resume updated after every adventure. <laughs> yeah, he's like raised the Titanic and defeated some super Nazis. <laughs> Found a new civilization in the South Pole and defeated mm-hmm. some super Nazis. I assume these are all about Nazis. Proficient at Excel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does not own computer. Does yeah. own hangar full of useless cars. <laughs> and closet yeah. full of ducks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get into our hate segment now. Obviously, it's time for us to dig under the ice and discover hate Lannis. Um, <laughs> and let's just get into it right away. Let's talk a little bit about the casual sexism that is oh, rampant in the book. Oh, boy. 
Uh, basically, every time he describes a male in the in the book, he says he, he says something like, "His life philosophy was to work hard and die sad." It starts with that, and then every time a woman walks in the scene, it's like she had a great body but didn't date very much. So they all it's just from the beginning you have yeah she's she was attractive but in a mannish way. That's the, that's all you get to know about them. The, those are the, and those are the yeah. brilliant women. Well, you can tell that he's one of those writers who thinks that he's writing strong female characters because he puts in something like, oh, but she's respected in her field. <laughs> so, like, he thinks that that, like, makes up for having every single man <laughs> in the book call her. There's never more than one woman in a room at a time unless they're Nazis or Pat and her daughter. Right. Her uh-huh. daughter doesn't get a name until, like, 800 pages into the book, even though they mentioned yeah. her several times. It was like kind of crazy. So at one point, Dirk Pitt, because he has to save everyone, has to save Pat and her daughter. Um, get captured by super mm-hmm. Nazis. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you do. Um, and I think during like the, there's like an escape thing where it's like, they get through like a really dangerous area and like, like Dirk Pitt was like, you know, very concerned that they're still being followed. And then like, but Pat and her daughter were too busy getting like leaves off their hair. oh yeah yeah and there's just like weird stuff like that i mean it's even like it cropped up at weird times like there was a weird unnecessary description of a dead lady's boob yes yeah (laughs) it did become a major plot point though it did later because he recognized those boobs on her identical sisters (laughs) i'd know those boobs anyway Yeah, that and even even the computer, even the computer Max, which is my vote for worst character in the book, uh-huh. even the the AI I is disagree. like a sexy naked lady. Yeah, don't fuck up my minor compliment here, sir. I need this. <laughs> yeah, oh with, no, I'm with sorry. Visible cleavage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, visible cleavage. Because if you're gonna make an AI, make sure you show the tops of her boobs. <laughs> I, there's also, it's, I like what you just said about how he doesn't like. He thinks he's doing. He, he thinks he's writing strong women. I definitely think Clive thinks he's being not sexist because uh, he there's oh, no. one part where one of the guy, like one of the military guys, there's a, sees Pat in the room. And he's like, now we all turn our attention to our very attractive friend, and then Clive continues. He wasn't being placating. He talked to all women that way. Yeah, it's oh. like oh, that makes I'm it okay. Not. He's not being patronizing. Oh. It's just how he talks to women. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> you're totally right, Clive. Because it's the problem that we have is not when people are sexist. It's just inconsistency. That's what drives us crazy. <laughs> yeah, we just want and, people oh, to be on so... message when they're dickholes. That's what we need. <laughs> there's so many scenes of men explaining things to women, which is like a classic like male action trope. I feel like, but this book took it to a weird degree. Like, remember the the ice boat? And there was, like, another woman on the boat for, like, two chapters that they never really talked about other than her hair and mm. that she was, like, Southeast Asian. Oh, yeah, she was also attractive and uh, and took pictures. Oh, yeah. The f- yeah, but they she was there so the captain of the boat could explain things to her. <laughs> the Well, that was the one, like, one of the super Nazi family ladies was the one who said in the big in this huge board meeting is like I still don't understand how our yeah. doomsday device works. That yeah, you've been you at the meetings, the right? Device? Have you not gone to the? Sh- surely there have been a lot of like meetings where the Nazis have to agree on how the doomsday device works. Was this that was not? Was that Blondie? I think the, um, I'm in the inner sanctum. Yeah. Oh, it was Blondie. It's my girl Blondie. Oh, poor yeah, Blondie. Yeah, they, they, they have a wolf, a wolf uh, cousin. 
who's called Blondie. Cousin Blondie (laughs) doesn't get it. (laughs) Well, I pictured it always as the guy from the Blondie cartoons. Oh. Dagwood? Because his name wasn't Blondie. Oh, really? It should be. (laughs) No. No, his his wife was named Blondie. His blonde wife was Blondie. Oh, because I just pictured her being like, I want to take a nap. I need a sandwich. sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I picture my super Nazis. How could you name a comic strip after the guy's wife? How do you do that? Uh, I don't know. Garfield is kind of like John's wife. <laughs> That's how I see. Yeah, that listen to you, Clive Cussler, assuming a woman can't be the star of her own comic strip. It's not that. It's not that. It's that I she's know. not the star of the. Co- it's just like Zelda in the in the games. It's like she's the, the, almost never in the game. Like yeah. if, if it should be called Link. The comic can't be called Sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I would I, I would read that strip called Sandwich. You would read that strip. I also I like too. how I love Ezra. I love how quick you were to defend it uh, with the like <laughs> the worst argument. <laughs> oh yeah, it's totally right because like it's like John and Garfield are married. It's but not look, like that at all, Ezra. Alex, you ever had the thing where you like you rush out to the house, all right, and then you just grab whatever is nearby to eat? Like that's kind of how that argument was made. It was like you decide later on that you did not want to eat like your tree. You know? <laughs> yeah. Why do I have just the cover to my iPhone and a, and a half of a carrot? I don't know why I thought oh, that. Oh no, was a my blight phone. <laughs> my blight phone. It's, I'm gonna drop it on the blight and it's gonna <laughs> crack the b- b- screen. That was a the hard one. Bezel. Oh wait, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here's something else. So other than the sexism, uh, something else that I hated is that in the acknowledgments. He thanked Plato. Oh yeah, which definitely. No, Plato's like, thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we are homeboys. I appreciate you acknowledging all the hard work I put into this. That definitely gets the nomination for one of the douchiest things I've ever heard. On he also thanks somebody show. for the loan of the sky car. Oh, like it was their idea. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. No, but it's a douchey thing to, to thank Plato. Thanking Maybe. Plato as if Plato was complicit in this in any way. Or was going to read the book. Yeah, I mean, right, yeah. come on. Plato has really better things appreciate to read it. the book. Yeah. <laughs> maybe in, uh, Alex, you know, maybe for our mummy book, mummy book, we can like do like a shout out and say like, fuck you to Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> like, in your face, Aquinas. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of using the acknowledgments to like steady, settle petty scores. Yeah. yeah. Like Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Like, <laughs> I would like to acknowledge all of the people who didn't help me with this book and could have. <laughs> Yeah, the thing, the thing about these Nazis, also, guys. So, like, they're like, now we liked Hitler. And he had some great ideas, but we do not hate all. Like, we don't hate like individual groups of people. Everyone sucks, and yeah, they're kind of like egalitarian that's not about it. Made from Hitler splooge sucks. Yeah, yeah. Or recruited because they're good at m- engineering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so engineers, the- people from Hitler splooge. That's everyone else is terrible, but we don't make demarcations Marines, about race. Former Marines, uh, shipbuilders, really anyone who's convenient, everyone else, though. But they constantly, they're constantly underestimating people who are oh, not yeah. super Nazis. Like, mm. they, like, I think they underestimate Dirk Pitt yeah. every like, how, time. How could he yeah. like, escape this? He has no Hitler spooge in him. Exactly right. He's- well, and this, this goes to another one of my hates, 
which okay. is like they underestimate him and because he also does fantastical things and so does al this is like so like action movie fantasy deal i mean there's a scene where al uses string to tie three machine guns together and then a <laughs> string around all three triggers so he's shooting three guns at the same time gets a headshot with his first shot then kills a helicopter with his gun yeah, with his I, triple yeah. gun I, and I then guess, there's another point in which right. Dirk, when so escaping the people. mines they're not crashes they're a not motor- people yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Dirk crashes a motorcycle through a brick wall and like does this crazy stunt that should have killed a normal man. And then he gets upset when he realizes he broke a few bottles of wine. Yeah. Oh, um, actually, the way I see this, like oh, in the boardroom no. afterwards for the neo Nazis, like the, the evil like neo Nazi board, they're like, you know, we we were pretty like confident about our plan here. He should have been dead in many different ways. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, so you you mean you think they're just like they're gonna chalk this one up to bad luck because really Yeah, like I don't know how you can fault yourself after like he survives these kinds of situations. Like right. like the systems like, were, were accurate. It was just Dirk is one. Yeah, this is like like okay, we didn't realize there was like someone who like I guess God wanted to keep alive no matter what. Um he just <laughs> Yeah, I think the Nazis need to give themselves yes. a mulligan on this one. <laughs> you know, I say we planned pretty well for this. Dirk Pitt doesn't seem to be human or care about the laws of reality. Yeah, and you got within nine and a half minutes of destroying the world. Like no one's ever gotten closer. That's a great. Yeah, that's a solid record, you guys. They it's, it's feel about, too bad. You, you, it's you can't be that results oriented. It has to be about where the process is correct for what information you had, and they did a pretty good job. I like that we had and to make the And you invented nanotechnology. Yeah, yeah. invented all kinds of stuff. Oh, and they brought, like, yeah, big you boats back stuff. into vogue. Yeah, they made, yeah. <laughs> they made giant cruise ships of business. I, they, they saved a bunch of art that has been lost for decades because of Nazis. Yeah, I guess we'd give them something for that. Yeah. I'm going to give them half credit on that one, Sarah. Yeah, it's not really Nazi apologists. It's it's more like what can they take? What can they think about those last ten minutes before they freeze to death? Yeah, right. you'll get them next time, Nazis. Actually, yeah. the thing about murder, Sarah, I wanted to say was like this book. It was because by making them super Nazis, so it was okay to murder them all the time. It's like one of those like arcade games where they don't want to be rated M for violence. Yeah. So like they're people, but then they explode into green blood. Uh, oh yeah. It, you yeah, know, or, or they're like secret robots, robots also yeah yeah so yeah. you can like it's not that violent because they were not real but like they're real all of the other time it just in the end they pop into green blood robots that's how uh, i felt like with the yeah, nazis i mean nazis they're awful like undeniably these are bad people that are getting murdered and we're supposed to celebrate that it's a little bit of a bummer though <laughs> when dirk has to insult them all before they die Every single time. I mean, like, how many scenes were there in this book where he was, like, going to kill someone and it was like, Dirk couldn't let him slip off into oblivion without getting the last word in. Right. And then he would lean forward and be like, your family sucks. And then shoot him in the head. <laughs> kind of a dick. Um, yeah, I, I think you're sinking to the super Nazis level by making petty And insults. these were people who were willing to spend nine yeah. years on a cruise ship, yeah, right. you know, to survive the apocalypse. I wouldn't. I kept thinking about that with the giant ship. was like, yeah, maybe you survived the typhoon, but at what cost, you guys? The entertainment's going to be horrible. We've heard that same band every night. <laughs> This ad was neither required nor approved by read-weep.com slash Amazon. 
We can't fix stupid, but we can accessorize it. Meanwhile, in Antarctica. Ha ha! I, Dirk Pitt, have vanquished you villains. Villains, please gather round. Carl, Elsie, and you, the blonde one. What was your name? Blondie! Sure, that works. What do you want, Dirk Pitt? You extremely sexy marine biologist spy soldier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can all agree we'd service you sexually if we weren't evil Hitler clones. Now please, get to the point. Sure, Carl. Uh, as you know, I've defeated your evil plan to kill everyone. Is that what we were trying to do? It was in all the mandatory meetings. We had meetings? Look, because you're too rich and powerful to get a fair trial, I'm gonna let you go. Hooray! To your frozen deaths. Hooray! No, Blondie. Mr. Pitt is making us walk outside where we will surely die in 20 minutes. But with read-weep.com slash Amazon, we can buy things that will even help us survive here on the moon. You mean Antarctica, right? No, that doesn't sound right. Are you sure she's also a Hitler superclone, Carl? Not that sure. Can you believe Lance Armstrong was here? That is just so wrong for so many reasons. I just want to clarify that she's stupid because she's stupid, not because she's blonde. Yes, that's fair. Read-weep.com slash Amazon delivery for Blondie. My name is Blondie. Uh, you ordered what exactly? Hawaiian t-shirts? Because no one's ever died in Hawaiian t-shirts on the moon! Wow. You know, I'm thinking maybe it's a good thing our family isn't taking over the world. Yeah. Look, wolf family, I feel a little bad about letting you all die out here. Especially poor Blondie. My name is Blondie! Yes, uh, it is. So instead, let's work out our problems with a cup of Swiss Miss from read-weep.com slash Amazon. Swiss Miss, the neutral hot chocolate. The, the Nazi, Nazi gold, gold in, in every cup! cup. In every cup! Buy your Hawaiian t-shirt from read-weep.com slash Amazon today. Nothing bad ever happens when you're wearing a Hawaiian t-shirt. All right, guys, uh, so let's now, for our, our next segment, let's play our classic game of One Change... One change. Uh, when I picked this segment originally, I thought that everyone loved this book like I did. So mm. I'm interested to see how this goes now that I'm sort of persuaded that it wasn't good. So, But anyway, we always believe that uh, any book or movie is only one change away from being great, no matter how bad it is. So in any order, what is, a, what is your one thing you would change to make this book great? I had one that just popped into my mind. Okay. Um, instead of That's Dirk good Pitt enough. Be- being a human, I want him to be an amorphous blob. Oh. Ooh, so, so what good. impact do you think that would have? <laughs> his superpower is just to subsume people into his blobness. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, That's so all he, he just can absorbs do. absorbs things. He, yeah. yeah, he solves everything just with blob. With like, he, now they're part of the blob. Look over there. <laughs> blob. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it would I also like be fun. Like, we've, we've sort of agreed that most things would be better if the main character had to always was Swamp Thing and referred to everything yeah. as I Swamp Thing. I Swamp Thing. Yeah. yeah. So I, I enjoy because one of Dirk Pitt's favorite things is saying his name because it's so porny sounding. So everybody's like, God. "Who are you?" My name's Dirk Pitt. So it'd be like that. It'd be like, "Who are you?" I Swamp Thing. I'm Swamp Thing. <laughs> I Swamp Thing think that women have better hearing than men because women always complain about my loud TV. I forgot about that one. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they uh, sneak some of them by you in 20 hours. You can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't catch yeah. them all. Um, 
<laughs> so uh, my one change originally was going to be something very similar to our ad where I thought a change of perspective to make this a sitcom from the point of view of the Wolf family where you had like, Blondie, where are my slippers? What do you mean you left them in the U-boat in Antarctica? You know? My and of course, I mean, of course, if it was this, a sitcom, though, it'd have to be uh, the the main character man has to be dumb, and his wife has got to always be like getting him out of scrapes because she's got all oh, the yeah. practical and smarts. Oh yeah, and Dirk Pitt showing up to foil things. Same ending; they still walk off to their deaths and freeze to death. But you know, oh, whatever. Oh yeah, um, that's how Seinfeld but, ended. <laughs> that is. But <laughs> instead of that, since we already kind of covered that ter- territory, I'd really like to talk about the end, where uh, you know it's all about. Like, the entire book, it seems, the saving the world, everything else, has been practice for Dirk Pitt to get ready to be married. And in that way, it's a lot I like guess. the musical <laughs> Company. <laughs> and so, I wish that the musical Company were adapted to be Atlantis Found. And, uh, you know, here's to the Nazis who lunch could be a major song. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, basically, Dirk Pitt would sleep with a few different women and then have an existential crisis. And would be in a and really it would be nice. Called Atlantis found with an exclamation point. <laughs> That's right. I, I'm imagining the musical company, but with a lot more people getting cut down by automatic weapons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fifty percent more. Tracing fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember that great part in Company where uh, they threw the gas tank in the door and then shot it with a flare gun. <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite part. Everyone burned to death. <laughs> and it was okay because they were super Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm ready to find a wife. I, yeah. So here's the thing. For me, it's hard to think of one change because it's hard for me. It's hard for a book. To, it's hard for a book to check so many of my boxes at one time. <laughs> like, I think the thing that I was born to read, like the best thing you could ever come up with for me is a secretive paramilitary marine biology institute that is fucking brilliant where they just detail all their scuba gear all the time yeah they like they know everything about cephalopods but they also have a lot of weapons training oh that's so great uh oh it's awesome and for some reason like really powerful within the u.s government like for like the president is aware of this group of marine scientists that also fight crime or something so good. That regularly go rogue. Yeah, that have <laughs> carte blanche to, to use the U.S. Navy for things. It's amazing. Uh, they also know a ton about nautical history. It's so fun. And then they also, I like magical new weapons to fight super Nazis. It's great. I like. Oh yeah, they have the the gun turducken. It's a shotgun inside a machine gun. <laughs> I did love a that launcher. You can't not it's love like, that. It's it, like it fires smaller guns at it. Yeah, it, it shoots a gun that flies out on a big spring and then shoots from there. You don't expect it because it's a much closer gun. Yeah, the element of gun surprise is key. They have so many magical weapons, uh, and and like I said, they're killing super Nazis, so it's great. There's also a lot of stuff taking place in gold mines, which I love. And, <laughs> no, that's right. And research base in Antarctica, which I love, and I love mining things in cold places, especially the old whaling ships. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah, oh, I love man. giant. I love giant shipbuilding. Uh, I feel like Alex, you really love the nouns in this book, <laughs> and Sarah and I are having problems with the verb. Anyway, this is my point. Checks a lot of boxes for me. Okay. So okay. this is this is going to be worth it. Let me let me finish this up. So here's All right, let's go. Here's my one change. I understand now how the like young fantasy fans feel when we read their genres, because like 
sure this stuff was super dumb i have no problem admitting that but it's all like all the dumb stuff is part of the genre like the soup the turducken gun and the airplane bonus <laughs> chase scene like it's part of it and so i had to have this empathetic realization about like people who love either like those weird fantasy things where they like torture people uh in a sexual way and then there's or the like the 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 twilight things like i understand that you could probably think like oh battling vampires is dumb but like it's part of the genre i understand these are the things and so my one change is not making me have an empathetic realization Because I don't like That's that. A good change. Take away my wow. feelings is your one change. I don't want to. I don't want to have learned to appreciate people who like Twilight. That's what I'm unhappy about. So take okay. that away, and then just keep everything else the same. Yeah, interesting. Self awareness, man. I do not know how to change that. This might be a watershed moment for you, man. <laughs> Usually, self awareness yeah. is not your issue. This is my so. point. Is <laughs> This is my point. Is it is a, a watershed moment for me, and I really wish it hadn't been. So that's my one change. <laughs> my one change is for this water. To... Superficial change. Yeah. What's yours, Sarah? Yeah. I I, want, I, I I can't. I mean, I really can't dramatically follow that up. But maybe by contrast, they, their code name for the operation when they were trying to break onto the boats and rescue lady scientists, mm-hmm. um, they kept calling it as the Leaning Pizza Tower. Which, side oh, note, yeah. should be Leaning Tower of Pizza, right? Of course, yes. Uh, but That's your only change. Everything else is perfect. Yeah, no, my change is that, yeah, my change <laughs> is that this is set in the Leaning Pizza Tower, and it's about a covert pizza ops. <laughs> <laughs> but, also, Dirk has to wear his fancy clothes the whole time, which we now know is a yellow turtleneck under a blazer. <laughs> yeah. If... If that was if if it was your book right where it was like about a covert pizza op, they'd have to call it like Operation Save like uh, the the hot oh, yeah, scientist right. from the U boat. Yeah, Operation, Operation Sendin- Hot Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get into our let's do our second half of our compliment sandwich now. We're gonna go in reverse order, which means I have to go first. So my minor compliment, as was sort of indicated earlier, was to Sarah's least favorite character, Max, the sexy computer AI that the yeah. new, the Numa oddball programmer built, modeled and, after the programmer's wife. Yeah, I believe he said. Uh, yeah, so it's okay that he has a weird boner for her. <laughs> it's yeah. okay to have a weird boner for anything that looks like your wife. I that part I agree with. That's easy. I think that uh, no, but here's my problem with it is that the computer AI with this amazing language processing, natural language processing, and verbal skills, uh, and also one of the most impressive supercomputers ever made, also gives him a lot of sass. Mm, yeah, so it's she's not got some just that she's now. sexy, but she's always like, when he turns on the computer, she's like, "Why did you have to keep me waiting?" Which would be the worst. If you had a computer, like like if that little like the Microsoft paperclip was like a dick bag, if he was always like, <laughs> you spelled that shit wrong, idiot. Like you would never. Why would you? Be- if Siri like talked back to you like that, yeah. if Siri was like, "Come on, idiot, that's not how it's pronounced. It's it's not Glisten Street." Like that would be amazingly bad. No one would. It would be the. Why would you do that? Why do you have such low self esteem that you think? How even is this your a own- compliment, Alex? How are you going to say this as a compliment? Oh, I think it's really funny. 
And it was it was amusing every time she sexed oh. him. Very good. I'm sorry. Good I, save. Yeah, I, it's just it's such a weird like wh- like I guess I just like the the character thing that this programmer has such low self esteem that he thinks even oh. his perfect sexy computer AI has to talk down to him. That is kind of fun. Where it's like like. Honey, I'm sorry I'm going to work long hours, but I'll build a model of you to insult me at work. <laughs> yeah, I deserve it. I'll make sure that she tells me that I'm, I'm inadequate. All right, I guess I'll go next. So at the end of the book, they have Hitler's ashes and they flush it down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love the idea of a spinoff, maybe where like Hitler's ashes get imbued into like, I don't know, like either a sewer rat or like an alligator or like a, there's a, a large sea turtle. Sea Super turtle or- Nazi turtles. Well, or maybe just like it really <laughs> They want to like- destroy the world, but it's going to take a while. <laughs> but they have all time yeah they're, they're all real the, long-term planners yeah uh but no I, actually i like the idea that hitler the hitler sea turtle like hitler's ashes if imbued into a sea turtle could totally be a chilled out kind of you know helpful creature you know oh, like why, not wait, evil why what's the logic there well i don't think ashes are inherently evil maybe they burned out of the evil they burned all the evil out of hitler oh. what's left was just like a uh not a very good painter and someone who wanted to be a vegetarian sometimes uh, and, but also is part rat. Right, and now part rat. And he's like, so, oh my god, so it's like Ratatouille or something? Yeah. He's like aspirations of like, uh, of, you know, uh, artistic uh, grandeur and uh, doesn't want to compromise on his food morals and uh, just happens to be like come from the ashes of Hitler but like is not evil anymore because that all got burned up. I actually really like the idea that it's a turtle because turtles really are like one of the best creatures at surviving changing climates and stuff and they've like been around forever yep. and ever and ever because they're so strong with the shell and everything uh <laughs> strong like shell yeah, turtle power yeah turtle power turtle exactly. power i and they love pizza too so they would order from the leaning tower of pizza um no what i love about it is i like that the turtles would be like you know we've survived apocalypses before these people are being assholes with their boats and stuff <laughs> let's break off the ice shelf because we'll totally survive like the super nazi turtles actually makes a lot of sense that's huh. really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so no matter what, there's some evil in there. You can't burn out evil. Is your is your uh, read of yeah, this? Yeah, I, I think I, yeah. Just like you can't you can't have a non sassy computer program if your if your wife hates you or something. Yeah, Fair I, really, I, I just sort of grabbed a half a carrot and I walked out the door. I hear you. Joke. I hear you. <laughs> Enjoy your half a carrot. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chris. What's your minor compliment? Uh, my minor compliment is just uh, the experience uh, that it gives you to read the 15th book of a series. Um, so there were so many inside jokes that were never filled. Uh, you know, they, they never completed them. They're like, oh, yeah, because of that thing. And then the other character's like, oh, that thing. I love that thing. Or Been uh, there, the done fact that, that, right? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he has a Rolls and a chauffeur. And he's into, like, you know, he just has all this stuff that he's accumulating from his fortune and his adventures and everything else. And uh, it reminds me, actually, uh, very fondly of being uh, a nerdy teenager in uh, in my friend's attic playing Dungeons & Dragons. And we always had the most leveled up characters ever. And so you knew nothing bad could happen, you know, because <laughs> we have all play- the money and all really? the stats and everything. You guys yeah. just played, like, safe Dungeons & Dragons? Oh, yeah, totally safe. I love that and, idea. Yeah. And then, and like, like you, guys, well, you guys would play Monopoly and just agree never to buy anything. So it's just, <laughs> no, I agree that, it's uh, just a you casual know, drive around the board over and over and over again. That's right. And uh, nobody can get into debt. Yeah. You know, bailouts. Yeah. <laughs> you pay a little bit of tax, but overall, everyone just keeps getting richer and richer because you've all, you, yeah. you play Risk and you guys agree <laughs> to just divide the world into three sections and live peacefully next to each other. 
Yeah, it's wish fulfillment. Yeah, it's, each, it's not about competition. Each turn, you just build up more armies but until you run out, but that's, then you just occupy that whole country forever. That's right. <laughs> you, you play Connect 4 with two boards, and you each get four moves in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I connected four. So did I. <laughs> you have the most peaceful board game world. It's, you, you guys don't play Sorry. You play You're Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, what's your minor compliment? Take us home. So this book touches on the uh, flood story that's present in a lot of cultures. Some deluge. And yeah, and that reminded me of an actual very, very good take on that. Um, There's a a ongoing comic series through Vertigo that's called The Wake. Mm. Um, And it's written by Scott Snyder and drawn by Sean Murphy. Um, and it's really, really incredible. It's halfway through its run right now, but it's about um, the flood myth in different cultures and about a lost ancient civilization. And it has a sexy lady scientist, but she actually is a strong female character. And um, it has some sort of horror touches to it, and it's really great. So I thought about The Wake a lot when I was listening to this audiobook and really was wishing I was reading The Wake again instead. That but does I sound can't, good. And it's great. I can't recommend it enough. Like, everyone should. If you're interested in this type of story, but you're not into the Nazis, you should check out The Wake instead. Well, wait, so then when you, when you kill people in The Wake, do you have to feel bad about it? Yeah, it's kind of bad, but there's like demonic sea monkeys. Ooh, are the in it? So that helps a little bit because they're very we scary looking. You just sold that. it. <laughs> All right, everybody, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be back again next week. Next week, we're talking about Model Land by Tyra Banks. What? Uh, For real this time. I'm so jealous. Are you really? Yeah. (laughs) That book. I'll just spoil it. That is the worst thing I've ever read for this show. Really? (laughs) No. I'm confident about that. Yeah, it was... This was the worst... Wait, okay, so worse than Wild Animus? Oh. I forgot about Wild Animus. Worse than... It was worse than Twilight. Worse than than Fifty Shades of Grey? Palin. Ooh. Uh, uh, you know what? Not, Not a lot is worse than Fifty Shades. None more worse than Fifty Shades. Yeah, that, I, I'm, it's differently worse. I actually think that I was more uncomfortable reading this than I was with Fifty Shades, which is saying that's because you had to use your eyes. It is right? yeah, for sure. It took longer. <laughs> I, we actually, we actually read the book book of Modeland. Anyway, we've been promising this for months. We're finally going to do it next week uh, for real. Um, so join us for that. It should be really enjoyable. It should be fun. It should be a fun discussion. See if I remember it. Um, finally I can take it off my bookshelf and throw it away anyway uh, come back for that next week uh, also send us some feedback if you have read Model End or you know anything about it we'd love to hear about it uh, go to readdashweep.com slash contact and let us know um, get your opinions in we might be able to read some of them on the air you can also go to facebook.com slash weep or at read underscore weep on twitter thanks for being here at C. Walter Smith and at Ezra Fox hey my pleasure of course always, always great to talk to you uh, and Sarah at Sarah Hathaway also, Thanks very much for having me, guys. Meridian at IO Chicago. That is correct. Also makes... Come see me make the funnies. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hope you do that German blondie character again in something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to develop some solo material with blondie. <laughs> I'd like to see more of her. Uh, yeah, well, thanks for doing this. I hope this was a, a ch- an interesting change of pace. Yeah, it was totally interesting. I didn't have to read about anyone's, like skin tingling to someone's touch which was yeah. great yeah do you think that you've gotten because several people now have have at, said like to give you a change of pace or to like try to make something better for you do you feel like you've adequately yeah. been repaid and now you can go back to twilight i mean i don't ever want to go back to twilight <laughs> in general do i have to <laughs> she might write another book and ruin everything uh i i feel like the the listeners have been extremely generous with me and i'm i'm very grateful that they want to hear me talk about anything at all well so, you, you're always great thank I, you they, for joining if they want us. to keep hearing me yeah they, i'm sure they you're will very Th- welcome. thank you for being here i'm at alex underscore falcon on twitter we'll be back in next week goodbye everybody Psh. if you want to be with me